0: Bismillah ar ala kareem Amma ba. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 27th of August in the year 2023. Alhamdulillah. We're steadily going through the fathomless subject in which we're taking a glimpse into the exalted station of our beloved messenger sallallahu allowed, And I'm focusing upon the blessed knowledge which the Almighty and Glorious subhanahu wa ta'ala has graciously blessed him with. So the next subheading entitled Blessings of the Black Seed. In Sahih Bukhari, number 5256, Sayyidina Abu Huraira in the last that our beloved Messenger said, In the black cumin seed, there is a healing for every illness except death. In the black cumin seed, there is a healing for every illness or sickness except death. So, this is a very famous report which is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, thus, it's uh, been common amongst the masses. But one thing which needs to be stressed is the Prophet didn't say oil. (laughs) A lot of people buy the black seed oil, he said seed. (laughs) Habbat (laughs) is soda. Hab means seed. In the black human seed, there is a healing for every sickness. And the reason I stress that is because the seed you can get from any grocers and it's very inexpensive. You can get, you know, a small pike for about 80 pence. Mm. But when you get the oil, depending upon the quality, you're talking 10 pound, 12 pound. So I don't understand why people are spending money on that when the hadith doesn't say oil. It says the seed. Mm. So what did the Prophet say? There is a healing for every illness except death. So, Sheikh Zaghloul Al-Najjar, he clarified in his work scientific precision in the Sunnah, page 268. Dr. Ahmed Ahmed Al-Qadi, a Muslim Egyptian scientist who immigrated to the USA, he checked all the hadith related to the black human seed with a critical medical investigation. He said, a seed that is a healing for every illness except death must have a close relationship to the immune system employed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to defend the human body against invaders-causing disease. So, something the core So, like I mentioned, this famous Sheikh, Sheikh Zaglul An-Najjar, Hafizahullah, he's an alim and he's also a leading expert in various sciences. He's quoting another one of his colleagues called Dr. Ahmed Ahmed Qadi who's now in USA, Egyptian origin and he's critically analyzed this hadith and he said this seed must have a great relationship to the immune system because that is what protects the body from disease. Then he said, the Sheikh said, this scientist carried out a study on the relation between this seed and the immune system on several patients who were suffering from AIDS. Stop in the quote. So AIDS is the when you your immune system is compromised and a person dies from a very minor ailment. So he was looking at this seed with regards to the effects upon AIDS patients. He actually proved there is a remarkable increase in the number of cells responsible for defending the body. The active lymphatic cells T4 to T8 cells after taking regular doses of the black cumin seed. So what did he discover? He goes, There is an increase in the T4 T8 cells. What are, what are these cells? They are basically responsible for defending the body. So you've actually increased the, the soldiers that defend the body. If you regularly take doses of the black cumin seed. Then he said, Those Dr. Ahmed made capsules which contained garlic and the black cumin seed mixed with honey in precise calculated amounts. He called these capsules conigar. I combined nigella, sativ and garlic. (laughs) So you can get this. (laughs) It's a capsule, it's called conigar. C-O-N-I-G-A-R. So it's got the black seed, it's got garlic, honey and it's given calculated amounts. Then he said, authorities in the United States of America they agreed to issue a permission to produce this drug as it proved its effectiveness in healing aids. Even though they hardly ever approve of such drugs with natural ingredients and on a very limited basis. Mm. So the authorities in the USA, they go through rigorous trials. They approve this. And what was strange about this is that they hardly ever approve natural drugs. (laughs) It's got to be here on the chemical labs and the rest of it. And he goes, but it was on a limited basis. An active substance has been discovered in the oil of the seed, which is effective in increasing the efficiency of the immune system. This substance is called Nigelone its name is derived from the scientific name for the black human nigella sativa Mm. experiments proved that nigelone constitutes a mainstay of the immune system in the human body this has only been discovered lately in the past few decades of the 20th century Mm. so simply put did they prove the hadith to be true yes Mm. (laughs) Because once the immune system is strengthened, it means it's a healing or a protection from all ailments. It's the immune system that deals with ailments. Mm. If it's strengthened, then obviously every illness. Mm. But the Prophet said it's a cure. Mm. He didn't say it gets rid of the symptoms like you know the mainstay of the medicinal world now produce. It's a cure, except for death. Mm. So now question. How did he know that? The Prophet islam obviously in the worldly sense he was here 1400 plus years ago. He's talking about things which even in today's day and age, people would have to investigate. So the black seed again common. So get it into your into your diet inshallah. One of the sad things was that there was a Jewish physician and he actually did a great research into this. And he found everything which I've just mentioned to be true, and he added a few things. When they questioned him, he goes, why did you study the black seed? What fascinated you about the black seed that you put so much effort into studying it? And the Jewish physician said, because of the Prophet Muhammad, he goes, Prophet Muhammad said, and he quoted the hadith, he goes, it's a cure for everything, and he put his hand across his neck, except death. So what shocked me was, where are the Muslims? <laughs> right? Non-Muslim studying the Hadith of the Prophet and he's now, you know, in, you know invested in some sort of medicine with regard to the black seed. But there you go. But here, one of the Muslims, and just to uh, mention the name again, he's called the Capsule Conigar. C-O-N-I-G-A-R. Why is he put garlic and honey? Because they are also Shafa. And it goes so if your person can't get the seed, get the you just get the the capsule the and inshallah with the intention of shafar inshallah. The next subheading dates, pomegranates, and lentils. I will mention a few narrations about these foodstuffs, and we eagerly await what modern science will eventually confirm these prophetic statements. So I'm not sure if they found anything on this, but the beautiful thing is we've got the answers. Mm-hmm. Let them work it out. So let's first turn to fresh ripe dates. So ripe dates means fresh from the branch, mm-hmm. not that's been in shop for two, three, you know, ten years. Then <laughs> you buy. It. With regards to fresh ripe dates, Salman ibn Amr he relates that our beloved Messenger said, For verily, they, the fresh dates, are a source of blessings. This is in Abu Dawood number two thousand three hundred fifty-five in the chapter on fasting. So, what did the Prophet say? He goes, "They are blessings, (laughs) baraka." This is why our loving Lord Subhanahu wa Taala describes them in the Quran like this, in Surah An-Nahl, Surah sixteen, verse sixty-seven and from the fruits of the dead palm and grapes you derive strong drink and a goodly provision verily in this there is a sign for those who use their intellects so let's look at this so in the Quran, Surah 16, verse 67, Allah mentions two foodstuffs, date palms, and grapes. So dates and grapes. What does he say? You derive from them sakalan. that's intoxicants. Then what does he say? Warizkan hasana. And even a person with basic knowledge of Arabic, he will know what that means. It means a blessed sustenance mm. so what has allah called dates and grapes a blessed sustenance rizq al hasana mm. just out of interest why does he mention intoxicants first mm. so the scholars they point out this is a Makkan verse. Mm. so allah was highlighting in makkah that there is some harm that comes from these these, these fruits dates and grapes meaning if you make an intoxicant out of it <sighs> does not risk on hasana. He separated that. So this was the first early warning to the Muslims that intoxicants were going to become haram. It was actually a makkan verse. So some of the companions got it. Why is Allah Ta'ala separated it? Because the intoxicants. And later the commands came indicating clearly it was forbidden. And what does Allah Ta'ala say at the end of the verse? la li yaqilun. Verily in this is a sign For those who use their aql If you got intellect You will see something here yeah. The tragedy is People don't see it Why? Because they haven't got aql yeah. So now the date Something very easy The Prophet sallallahu Said Some say Abu in Kanzul Omar, He said Whoever has a date in the morning He will not suffer from appendicitis mm. That's a hadith So on the face of it What's days going to do with appendicitis? Mm appendix people who have appendicitis the common reason for it is very low fiber in their diet Mm. if you have very little fiber in your diet it will lead to that ailment dates are very high in fiber (laughs) so what is the the simple cue have a day so the hadith says have a day in the morning so there's part of the risk and hasana (laughs) Also, the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever has dates in his house, he can never go hungry. And they have proved that it's a complete food source. Mm-hmm. You don't get ill. You can live off dates. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we know it's full of blessings. We know the Quran is saying it's a risk and hasana So, it's a good habit to have a date at least every day. The tragedy is only in Ramadan, people get obsessed with dates. And then at the end of Ramadan, they are handing the dates out. So, in the morning, a, don't forget a fresh date. Don't get those three for 50 pence, you might end up in hospital. Let's turn to pomegranates. With regards to pomegranates, our beloved Messenger said, There is not a pomegranate except it contains a seed from paradise. Recorded by Imam Suyuti in his Al-Jami al Qabir, 1-719, Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani in his Lisan Al-Mizan. So this is the hadith. Every single pomegranate has a habba as a seed from paradise. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It is related that Abdullah ibn Abbas, he would be in the habit of taking one seed from the pomegranate and eating it. Yeah. So if he saw somebody eating a pomegranate, he goes, please give me one of the seeds. Well, he would always have one seed. Somebody asked him, why do you do that? So Ibn Abbas said, I have been informed. There is no pomegranate on earth, except it has been pollinated with one of the seeds of paradise. Thus, maybe it is this one. (laughs) This is recorded in Tabarani in his Behaki in his Shu'ab al Iman, al Haythami in Majma al Zawaid, stated Hasan. So this is another report. What did Ibn Abbas say? There is all the pomegranates on earth. They've been pollinated with one of the seeds of paradise. Meaning, the source of these pomegranates is Jannah. Mm-hmm. The source of these, uh, these, these pomegranates is paradise. And he goes, therefore, I want to take one of the seeds. Mm. This also shows there is an immense blessing in partaking of just a few of the seeds. Some, some people, you give him a pomegranate. Go, oh my God, brother. Mm. He goes, it's such a funny fruit. I want to get all the seeds. Uh. And the response to that is, who told you to eat all of it? Get a pomegranate, put it in the fridge, mm. slice it. Have a few in the morning. And if you want to be ultimate, conduce, have one seed. <laughs> How long will that one pomegranate last? Why are you stuffing it all in one go? Where does it say that? So not again. Partaking. Ibn Abbas had one. He didn't say give me ten seeds. He would take one because every pomegranate I want one of the seeds. Rabi'ah bint I'ad al-Qilabiya Rahmatullah mm-hmm. She relates that Ali radiyallahu said eat the pomegranate with its pith, its chambers, for it acts as a tanning, a cleanser for the stomach. Mm-hmm. This is recorded in Al-Haitami mm-hmm. in Majma'a Zawaid, he states Hasan. So now what, if you notice about the pomegranate, it's actually got a very thin skin. That's the pith. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get rid of that, because there's no taste to that. Get rid of it. <laughs> so Ali R.A. said, eat the pomegranate with the Because it cleanses, the word he used was tanning. It tans the stomach. Mm. Meaning it purifies the stomach. Our beloved messenger himself said, you should eat pomegranates as it cleanses the stomach. Mm. This is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, al haythami in Majma al five 5-48. So it has a profound effect in terms of if you have anything wrong in the digestive tract. Mm. So if a person has ailments, he's just known to get ailments in the stomach. Pomegranates are excellent for them. But don't forget, with the skin. <laughs> not the outer skin. <laughs> the pith. <laughs> Most are eating the outer skin, otherwise. Uh... It is also highly informative that our beloved messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم had partaken of a pomegranate during the farewell Hajj on the day of Arafat. Refer to Ibn Hiban Sahih, Hafishami Shami in his seeded volume 4, page 340. Is that a coincidence? Mm. He only did one Hajj, so he was an on Arafat once. It was the farewell Hajj, the greatest Hajj of all time. Hajj is Arafat, the Prophet said in Sayyidina Muslim, meaning you miss Arafat, you miss Hajj. So, do you honestly believe this was a coincidence? He, somebody offered him a pomegranate and he partake, partook of it on Arafat. What does that mean? Some ulama say. The Arafat is the day Allah Ta'ala forgives too many people. Mm. Shaitan starts throwing dust over his head thinking, look, all my life's work has been destroyed. So you are completely purified of sin. The pomegranate, what does that do? <laughs> it purifies your ailments. So if you have the ability or the means, try to have a pomegranate or some of the seeds on the day of Arafat. Because we just emulate the Prophet. Why Arafat? We don't know. <laughs> There must be some reason for that, but the Prophet took the pomegranate and he ate some of the seeds. So if you are really in line with the Sunnah, you probably take a pomegranate. And what's beautiful about the pomegranate is easily, you can just leave it, it doesn't go off. The skin's so hot. You know, unless you leave it for decades, then it'll go. So you just put it in your pocket, put it in your suitcase. You know, take one with you. Right? And then when you get to Arafat, Brother look, hand them out, go around, give it to the hajis. Say look, sunnah, sunnah, give them a what's happening here? And how many people would you get the reward for? For applying the sunnah on the day of Arafat? Mm. Subhanallah, it is sufficient to point out that these two blessed fruits, dates and pomegranates have been specifically singled out from an unending list of other fruits in paradise. In the glorious Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Surah Ar-Rahman, Surah 55, verse 68, In them will be fruits, dates and pomegranates. (laughs) In them will be fruits, dates and pomegranates. What's strange about the verse? why is allah t'ala mentioning there some pomegranates when he's mentioned fruits mm. the sentence should stop a fruit mm. in paradise there will be fruits even by adding that isn't it kind of redundant mm. so you say in paradise there's fruits and there's there some pomegranates what will the person ask you if you say that well you said fruits so why are you bother mentioning there? because allah is highlighting something mm. Think about that. Allah is hinting to something there. I could have mentioned apples, bananas, oranges. Mm. Why has he gone out of his way? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And said, in paradise there's fruits. And nakhl and rumman. Dates and pomegranates. the 55 verse 68. Mm. So there's a clue there. Now looking at the reports, you kind of understand there's a secret here. Dates <laughs> have a special place. Even in paradise. And pomegranates let us all therefore rush to regularly partake of these two most blessed fruits. What's the third I mentioned Lentils. <laughs> we call it dal. I don't know what, what do you call yeah. uh, do you call it, What do you call lentils in uh, Somali? No. Sorry, no, you I know that right? talking. Okay. <laughs> what about in uh, Bengali? Okay. You know? with dal. dal. Yeah. With regards to lentils, Atar relates that our beloved messenger is reported to have said about others, In Arabic. Adas. It means lentils. Eating them softens the heart. Brings tears to the eyes. And removes arrogance. This is a behaqi in a shu'ub al-iman. And the hadith is mursal. So let's look at this. So first of all, the hadith is mursal. Now why is that? Important to highlight. A Tabi'in could not have heard from the Prophet. He could not have heard from the Prophet Why has he not mentioned the Companion? So the hadith has a weakness. But if a person asks you, is a Tabi'in trustworthy? Of course he's trustworthy. So this is the high level of, you know, safety checks by the hadith scholars. But we have to mention that. The hadith is mursal The Prophet, what did he say Eating lentil softens the heart. What does that mean? The Prophet explained, <laughs> it brings tears to the eyes. <laughs> it removes arrogance. Now, what is it? What is this hadith telling us? It's telling you this is a spiritual cure. <laughs> Why? Because when a person's got a hard heart, that means that he's not moved. You reciting Quran, he sees people weeping, and he's thinking, Why aren't I weeping? <laughs> That's not a physical illness. That's a spiritual illness. You hear some talk, you know, you hear some beautiful narrations about the Prophet ﷺ. Some person moved to tears. No, the guy is yawning. Why? What's, why, what's wrong with me? Lentil softened the heart. Give him dal. <laughs> then what did the Prophet say? It brings tears to the eyes. People even say that. Goes, I can't shed tears. You have dal. And if you even ask that question, gonna think, what the heck are you talking about? I've just told you I can't. Shed a tear, you're talking about my diet. You eat dal. And it removes arrogance. Why? Because when you eat lentils, that's the food of the destitute. Meat is the food of the proud. And that's why people, you know, who've got arrogance, they don't like eating dal. In fact, they, they you know, they look down on it. Because what's cooking? If you say dal, what does a person with pride say? Well, you might as well give it to neighbours, right? What are you going down for? What's that going to do? That's not even going to translate. And they come out with statements like that. Astaghfirullah. Indeed, in one report, it mentions this was the food of many of the prophets and messengers. salatu wa Those how sad that many now look down upon this truly blessed foodstuff. To Almighty Allah subhanahu wa taala is our complaint. And they come out with statements. Oh, it gives me gas. What doesn't me give you guys Why have you mentioned dal? You know, they just trying to get you know I, I, you just don't want to eat dal here. Yeah. And look how many different varieties there are. You don't know, no, it's something I, I don't like which one? Is the orange one? Is it the brown one? Which one are you talking about? There's so many. Now what's interesting? The Bani Israel, when they were given manna and salwa, they got fed up with it. What did they ask for? <laughs> because we want cucumbers, we want lentils. We want garlic. So they actually asked for lentils. Now what's interesting about that, why were they asking for lentils? Because that was the food they were eating when they were slaves. So it doesn't contradict this report. It's the food of the the downturn. Doesn't mean that Allah doesn't, you know, this is is a blessed food. So if a person, putting it simply, if he has a spiritual problem, brother look, I've got a hard heart, I can't shed tears, and I think I've got pride. Instead of taking him to a spiritual master. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your mashallah, excellent. Just give him a simple thing. you eat dal? And if he goes, no, I never touch it. At least the, once a week. Some of these once a week at least. And you watch him squirm, oh, say, oh, once a week. I'm not asking you to eat every single day. Even better have him more, but at least get the into a diet. And that will have an effect. It's because the hadith of the Prophet has to be true. So, so note everything he's mentioning is absolute haqqa. Yeah. So when he's now talking about food stuff, you realize that it will be nothing but truth. And of course it certainly is. Mm-hmm. Are there any questions you might ask? Yes Yeah. Um, You know the almond skin you were saying? Yeah. That's the yellow. Inside. The inside. Inside. The inside. The yellow. It's not the actual skin on the outside. It's It's the one that covers the seed inside. Yeah, the yellow. Any other questions? سبحان ابي حم ديزون قالهم وبيحم ديك اشه الا انت صفرك كتبك وذكر الله من سبحان ربي كتب الذي الذين